Top of the morning to you and welcome to our newest episode of Capital Markets Quickie from MVP Mind Value Partners. Is this the big crash we've all been waiting for, the so-called popping of the tech bubble? Or is it just another great opportunity to buy the dip? My name is Andrit Sella, coming at you from Frankfurt, Germany, Europe's financial hub and home to the ECB. Let's take a closer look at what's been moving the markets last week. We are now two-thirds of the way through 2020 and this year thus far has proven to be nothing less than remarkable. Last week, for the first time since mid-March, the stock market saw volatility return. And that leaves some of us asking whether this is just another bump down the road or the beginning of something much bigger. The tech giants that we've come to know and love, such as Amazon, Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, and the list goes on and on, while well, these tech giants suffered major setbacks last week. And with that, September started off with a bang. So is it just time to buy the dip? Or should we now rethink the old stock market saying, sell in May and go away, but don't forget to come back in September? Because frankly speaking, it was quite the opposite this year. The stock market had great returns from May till August and September is proving to be rather difficult. The Nasdaq, for example, closed the week 374 points lower, which amounts to 3.12%. But there was really no good reason for the sell-off. The Nasdaq even had an all-time high on Tuesday, and just one day later on Wednesday, the index fell by 5.23%, which is actually the biggest price drop since the low of March 2020. However, the good news is Fed President Jerome Powell will continue to aggressively use the Fed's quantitative easing tool to combat further economic downturns, which essentially means unlimited cash for the boys and girls on Wall Street. And that, of course, is stock market positive. Now, I know what you're thinking. I should buy the dip. Well, maybe so if you're one of the lucky Americans not facing the risk of being evicted. According to recent statistics, 30 to 40 million Americans currently face that risk, the risk of being evicted. And on the other side, the stock market ended the shortest bear market in its history. I guess you could say some are partying on Wall Street while many more are facing financial disaster. And now that America is heading into the presidential elections, more and more people are starting to question themselves whether this is just an American problem. So if we take a look at the European Union, or let's just take a look at Germany, since I do live here after all, we clearly see that Europe's economic powerhouse is on track for recovery. Jobless claims in Germany fell yet again, and the unemployment rate is at 6.4% as of August. And the reason why jobless claims in Germany have been kept down is due to extensive use of a short-term salary support program called Kurzarbeit. However, you might not think this if you just decided to use the stock market index as an indicator for economic prosperity. On a year-to-date basis, the German stock index, the DAX 30, is down 3.07%, whereas the S&P 500 in America is up 6.07%. So does that mean that the American economy is clearly doing better than the German economy? Well, it's actually not that simple and very far from the truth. 
When Donald Trump, or any president for that matter, talks about the stock market setting new record highs and how the American economy is back on track, what he or she is really saying is that the 30 companies that are listed on the Dow Jones keep setting new record highs because more and more people are willing to pay a higher price to own a piece of these companies. What it doesn't automatically mean is that each and every one of these companies is producing more products, earning more money, and ultimately creating new jobs. It does, however, mean that the shareholders of these companies are profiting from the rising stock prices. So I guess that means you should just be a shareholder now, doesn't it? And there are many ways for you to do so. For example, with mutual funds, ETFs, or just buying single stocks. But one thing is for sure. As the elections get closer, you will start to hear more of this stock market propaganda but you should always remember that the economy is much more than just the stock market. So don't forget to always do your homework and ask critical questions. Now, before we wrap up today's Capital Markets Quickie, let's take a quick look at the top flop performers of the week. Now, we didn't really have any top performers. Well, only the Japanese stock market Nikkei managed to close the week on a positive note with 1.41%. And... Biggest losers? Well, we had a few of those. The biggest loser was Bitcoin, which closed the week off with minus 10.46%. Gold and silver were also under some pressure. Gold lost 1.58% on the week and silver lost 1.85%. However, on a year-to-date basis, silver remains the best performing asset class, leading the way with 51.12%. Crude oil was also one of the biggest losers of the week. The price dropped 6.08% due to COVID cases flaring up in various parts of major global economies and ultimately threatening a rebound in energy demand. And on the other side, we have OPEC nations increasing their crude oil production, so we could potentially see the oil prices continue to fall. It's a simple equation, really. The threat of falling demand and too much supply leads to the prices falling as well. That, ladies and gentlemen, concludes today's Capital Markets Quickie. To all of you listening from every corner of the globe, I wish you all the best and stay tuned for our next episode on Sunday, September the 13th. <laughs>